Hello and welcome to Game Sense, brought to you by Rookie Me Central. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. Today, I'm here with my guests, Chief Editor Peter Williams and Women's Football Analyst Elise Collette. We'll introduce them later, but first I'll go through an overview of today's proceedings. Of course, we'll be analysing round two of the NAB League Girls Action and previewing round three with Peter. We'll also hear from Sandringham Dragons duo Bridie Hipwell and Taylor Jones after their big win over the Oakley Chargers, that interview with Declan Reeve. And in between a bit of state league action, we'll also uh, turn to Ali for a few of the key talking points from the AFL women's competition. Uh, and then obviously preview the Sample women's start and a bit about the VFLW. So stay tuned. All that and more in this week's episode of Game Sense, brought to you by Rookie Me Central. All right, so first up, we're going to jump into a review of the Nabley Girls action. Of course, we had round two, six games over the weekend, and Peter Williams, you're with me at the moment. How are you today, mate? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to getting stuck into the Nabley Girls from round two. So I'll read out all of the round two scores first for you before we get into a few of the more impressive performances. Of course, started out at Epsom Huntley with the Murray Bush Rangers 8-5-53 going down to Geelong Falcons 8-9-57. That one a bit of a thriller. Um, Bendigo Pioneers were the next team up 9-8-62 defeating the GWV Rebels 1-6-12 We then went out to Churchill Gippsland Power 2-2-14 losing out to the Dandenong Stingrays 22-17 1-49 an unbelievable scoreline there Next down on the Apple Isle Tasmania 10-5-65 got their first win of the season against the Western Jets 5-4-34 and rounding out Saturday's action at Highgate Recreation Reserve we had the Calder Cannons 6-2-38, 6-2-38, defeating the Northern Knights, 4-4-28. Of course, on Sunday, the lone game there, Sandringham Dragons causing a massive upset, 5-15-45 against the Oakley Chargers, 5-6-36. So that's all the results, Pete. Of course, our player of the week this week was Charlie Ryan of the Dandenong Stingrays, and uh, it was a bit of a take-your-pick from that side um, after their result on the weekend, but she beat out Liz Dowling in the vote. Uh, it was a pretty impressive performance as well. Yeah, absolutely. Charlie Ryan, you know, um, had a okay round one, but really came to play in round two. So it was really good to see her uh, performing strongly. Uh, as we know, she managed to kick the five goals up forward and was just really lively around the ground with the sort of 26 touches and, you know, t- taking quite a few marks and, and getting the ball inside 50. So she was really active in the forward half and, and certainly... It's more impressive, I guess you'd say, the fact that she was able to kick, you know, five goals from the midfield. So, you know, she was just a consistent accumulator throughout. So, um, it was really, really good to see her um, get on there. Of course, a member of the Vic Country Hub, so a really, really good start for her. And it seems like, even though we haven't really seen too many five-goal hauls or more uh, over the stretch of the Nabla Girls competition in the last couple of weeks, we've had, you know, multiple. So, um, of course, her teammate Amber Clark kicked one last week and and then Liz Dowling who she beat out this week uh, talk to us a little bit about her performance and what you thought was great yeah Liz Dowling uh, really was quite literally the match winner for the Falcons against Murray Bush Rangers Uh, she kicked the first few goals for uh, the Falcons early on to make sure they uh, stayed in the contest and and then just as the game went on she was the one that they sort of targeted they obviously only kicked the eight goals for the game she kicked five of them um, and they got a couple of goals down, uh, I guess, later in the second half of the uh, final term, and it looked like the Bush Rangers were going to run away with it, and then Geelong managed to get a goal, and, and then Dowling uh, just got boot to ball in the final minute, about 40 seconds left, and it sort of bounced home, which was a great effort. But, 
uh, yeah, look, she was just too big and too strong for her opponents uh, on the weekend. She um, came from defense, obviously, last season, so she's now playing forward. But I think that, you know, the traits match, and she's very, very good when she's able to get into that left boot and doesn't mind a fend-off. And, of course, other than her five goals, she also gave one uh, goal away with a, a nice little handball off to Charlotte Simpson in that third term. So she was involved directly in, in six of those eight goals, which was really, really good. So... Um, yeah, the Falcons got the first win on the board because of her, really. Yeah, a couple of starring performances there. And Pete, we've had some top ages really stand out, a few surprise packets so far this season, and probably none more so than Zali Goldsworthy, who's going to kick off a, a list of five. We've got here, obviously, from the Murray Bush Rangers, a mid-forward who's been ultra-impressive. Yeah, we, we spoke about her last week uh, as our Player of the Week. Uh, she's someone who's burst onto the scene. Uh, we got told by Murray she'd had a really, really impressive, uh, you know, preseason coming from uh, different sports. She's played some soccer, played some cricket. Um, just someone who all round athletically is very, very good. Um, got a really high endurance base. Rotates between the midfield and forward lines. Uh, you know, after last week she kicked four four. This week she kicked a couple. Um, had a chance at one or two more, but uh, it was mostly a work through the midfield and her ability to read hands off a forward stoppage particularly. She got one of her goals through that. Um, yeah, she's just someone who can play as that stay-at-home forward if they really need. Like, she can rest forward and she's very strong. Um, got enough speed about her that she can get away. Doesn't necessarily have to be explosive, but she's got enough. She can get a bit of a gap and it's more the fact she reads the ball so well in the air. So, Definitely a player that I think is going to be uh, really, really high up uh, come the end of the season. Um, so definitely, I think she, she was best on again for Murray, in my opinion. Um, so got got the four votes um, from me. But yeah, she's had a really, really great start to the season. And a couple of new additions to a couple of Metro squads. Of course, Zoe Babakos, an overager from Sandringham and Kristen Smith. For Oakley, both forwards um, obviously played against each other this weekend, but they've also uh, stood out over the first couple of rounds. Yeah, Zoe didn't play in the first game. She came in uh, on, on the weekend and we saw her live. And yeah, she's quite an exciting sort of talent. She's one of those that's a 03 born, so she's actually an overager. Uh, she's come out of the VAFA system, uh, pretty much played tennis, I think, for most of her life. So she's come up playing tennis and had a, I think, first season, uh, last season, just in the Vaffer and and then came across, obviously, Sandy saw something in her. And, um, yeah, she was someone who I think that both myself and Declan and yourself, Michael, that was sort of watching the game. Uh, you've sort of got names you want, uh, you know about coming into it. And she's one of those names that perhaps wasn't. And then all of a sudden you're sort of asking, oh, who's that number six or, you know, that kind of thing. Because what she was doing was really catching the eye, you know, up forward, um, she had a nice little bit of uh, athleticism. She was able to be pretty strong one-on-one and um, had a bit of aggro about her, which was good for that sort of forward. Um, and she could push up the ground as well. So she um, certainly looked really, really good. Uh, and then Kristen Smith obviously didn't have as dominant a performance as she did on debut where she kicked those four goals. But, you know, she was still inside 50, working hard for the charges. And, um, you know, they, they, unfortunately they didn't get the win, but uh, she sort of projects as a... a Fairly impressive forward, so it'll be exciting to see what she's uh, got to offer in the coming weeks. And we're used to seeing the surname Purcell out in Geelong. There's a new one, Grace, um, who's really sort of 
uh, come to life with the Geelong Falcons uh, so far. So tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, definitely. Like she's uh, she played a more time forward uh, on the weekend. She still went into the midfield and, and won a lot of her touches. I think she had about 20 in the end. Won a lot of her touches late in the game. She had a few chances on goal and couldn't quite get them. I think kicked a few behinds, but, um, you know, she's tough. She wins the ball. She's gets into the right spots and she hadn't played uh i guess a, a game prior to this she wasn't really a part of that she'd played some basketball i believe um so as we can see a lot of these are uh, cross coders of some sort but yeah she'd played basketball and um was one who um yeah caught caught the eye in the first round as one of their better players and again she she was quite impressive on the weekend against murray and uh they, they lost ash van loon to an injury in the first term i uh, went down with a knee so uh, Purcell, uh, alongside with Charlotte Simpson, was able to sort of stand up and, and win her fair share of the ball. So, uh, yeah, certainly someone who uh, has impressed thus far. And the last of the five that we've sort of picked out here, Jamie Lee Spieth, and we love uh, a bit of a double barrel. And uh, she's out at GWV as a top ager, playing in defence and, and taking your eye as well. Yeah, absolutely. She's sort of taken over the Molly Walton role, if you like, that... Um, Molly obviously played last year. Now she's playing in the midfield. And, and Speakman is one who sort of can drop right back to the last line, but she can also push up higher and, and create that offensive run. She's very good at intercepting. Um, she reads the ball well. A, a few times she sort of got opposed to Dowling on the weekend. And, and I think one-on-one, it's not quite a, a, like her go. She's not too bad against some, but obviously against a real strong forwards. Um, she's better reading it in flight. Um, and she certainly can move the ball really well. Uh, and she was just someone who, after the first round, I thought she played well uh, and then stepped it up in this game. And while it was a disappointing performance for the Rebels overall, I thought she was one of the shining lights and, and arguably maybe the next best after Lily Condon or certainly up there with, with them. So um, certainly one who, uh, yeah, impressed for a second week. So that's a few of the top performers to keep your eye on if you're watching some Nabilee girls football or um, if you're reading through our scouting notes, those are some names that should stand out to you. Uh, we're going to do a quick update on our Rookie Me medal leaderboard, of course, after two rounds. We have a total of four leaders um, on nine votes. So obviously a best of field and a second best of field for each of these players. In Zali Goldsworthy, Amber Clark, Sophia Hurley, Claire Ransom, uh, that's it. So Pete, tell us um, a little bit about that quartet quickly. Yeah, well, obviously the name that stands out there is Zali Goldsworthy. We just spoke about her um, in her second game. The other three, I think no one would be surprised in, 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 you know, in the least to sort of see those names right there. They're all classy, classy players. Um, yeah, Goldsworthy we sort of mentioned, but uh, Amber Clark, you know, AFLW Academy member, they all are the, of the latter three. But, yeah, she's had a brilliant start to the season. Um, he's amongst the, you know, most potent goal kickers in the competition. She's leading it uh, at, at this stage. So someone who's definitely, um, yeah, literally kicking goals as, as well as her own personal ones. So, um, and then look at the midfield. You've got Sophia Hurley and Claire Ransom. They went head-to-head down in Tasmania and, uh, you know, reportedly they were among, they were probably, well, should say not this week, the week before, they, they were amongst the best on field then. And uh, and then they're sort of either best or second best on field in their respective games on the weekend. So, um, yeah, they've had great starts to the season and it's not really a surprise at all to see those players there. They had great bottom age seasons too, all three of them. So, um, yeah, it, it's certainly really interesting to see a couple that have already picked up the nine votes. But, um, yeah, it's very competitive at the top. 
And then just uh, reading out a few more there, Jasmine Fleming on seven votes. She'll be one to watch. Lily Condon, of course, uh, from GWV on six alongside Cassidy Mailer. So some really good names there up the top, unsurprisingly. We've known them for a little while now. Uh, but now we're going to throw to an interview with Rookie Me Central's own Declan Reeve. He spoke to a couple of girls. He's actually coached in Bridie Hippel and Taylor Jones of the Sandringham Dragons after their win over Oakley at Trevor Barker Oval. Um, right, so here with Bridie Hippel and Taylor Jones of the Sandringham Dragons. First of all, congratulations on beating Oakley. Pretty Thank big you. milestone. How are you two feeling about that? Oh, so good. Pumped. Like, it's unreal, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people have been sort of terming this game as the Crips Cup. So <laughs> do you feel pretty proud to bring home the silverware there? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right, yep, definitely, definitely. Um, you both missed round one, obviously, through various complications. How do you feel coming back from that? Were you a little bit underdone or did you feel pretty confident out there? Yeah, look, the lungs weren't too good, but we got over that after the first yeah. quarter. Well, so. you're still managing full game on the wing, so that's yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, Bridie, sent a little bit of a shock through people because you sort of went off in the third quarter. It looked like you might have hurt your ankle again. No. Any news on that? No, it was not an ankle injury. That was two calf cramps oh. at once. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, multiple calf cramps throughout the um, game, but that's just yeah. It seems like it was going to the Sandringham squad because Keely yeah. went down a couple of times yeah, as well. Yeah, the girls. I mean, if we didn't get them, you just weak. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, Bridie, obviously trialled your new roll up forward or a majority time up forward, took a few... Yeah high-flying marks. How do you feel about that? And you still got your rotation through the midfield, so happy with the split there? Yeah, no, it was really good. I um, wanted to have gone the forward. I think I did it pretty well. Used my strengths, like you said, with the marking. But, um, yeah, look to keep improving it and really make that yeah. my key position, I reckon. And, yeah. Taylor, you were quiet to start with. No offence. Um, <laughs> yeah, worked your way into the game really well. So, obviously, like, your spread and your ability to hold space has always been a strength around stoppages. It looks like that you've continued to rely on that. Are we going to see you move into the inside at any stage? Uh, yeah, um, they want to transition me into the mid, but I think at the moment it's good to just keep to my strengths on the wing, yeah, especially for the first two um, strong games we've got. What are you um, looking to work on as the season progresses? Um, to be more versatile, I think. I want to be able to play like a heap of different positions because I've been stuck on the wing now for about three years. <laughs> like, I love it. It's, it's good. good. It. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'd be nice to, you know, learn a few more positions. Yep. and next week coming up against the Eastern Rangers, they've obviously coming off the bye, so... Uh, do you think that'll sort of change how you approach that game? Do you think they'll be fresh or are you still confident heading into that? Oh, we're, Confidence. Yeah, it's key. we're training as if we trained for Oakley this week. Yeah. Yeah, we're not letting go. Two two streak win, we're going, yeah. we're going for full. Well, as I say, two streak win, so yeah. you've Sorry. already Sorry. won. Streak. We've won two. Two win streak. Yeah, oh, two yeah. win streak. I said yeah. that right. Yeah. You're right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really <laughs> loving the professionalism of this interview. Sorry. Um, so, I was going to say, so you, you've already won more games than you did last, last season. season. So, yeah. um, obviously... Don't want to blame coaches or anything like that, but obviously there's probably a change to training regime and stuff like that. Like, mm. have you sort of credited all of it to that? Um, I reckon it's we've got a lot of new girls yeah. coming in, and we're now we're a very attacking team, and now the gameplay that we're doing is very attacking as well, so it fits all of our um, like game like yeah, play. Yeah, the, the style that we've been like given and training with is I think really suits us. And look, we've got some great girls coming through, but everyone else who's already here has just stepped up to a whole other level, so. Especially with the recruiting is great, but. (laughs) We've got a lot of good under-19s. Come back again for another shot. Which is great. Uh, It's good you've mentioned that. So I was going to ask, so are there any new girls who have particularly impressed you, and then especially Zoe Barbacus, who today played her first game? Oh, she was unreal. Who else? Meg Webster. Meg, yeah, Meg's really good. Very good marker. Fern's really good. Unfortunately, she went off with an injury early on, but um, yeah, hopefully she's all right. Um, 
Yeah, they're all pretty good actually. But yeah, those two had Sandouts. great games. So, yeah. All right, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. That was Sandringham Dragons midfielders Bridie Hipwell and Taylor Jones after their win over Oakley. We'll preview their clash with the Eastern Rangers for, uh, and also round three of the NAB League girls after we go through some of the talking points in the AFL Women's. And to do that, of course, I must introduce Elise Collette. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure as always. We're going to get stuck straight into it after another round of AFLW. And the first talking point, of course, Fremantle going top. They've uh, had their back-to-back wins uh, down here in Vic over Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs. Um, Yeah, the second one a little bit tight, but they've been ultra impressive, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. But we expect nothing less from Freo. They might be in a little bit of trouble in the heading into the next couple of weeks because because of Bowers' bump from last night, yet to be yet to reach its conclusion, I must say. But, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about Freo, really? They've, they've got a star-studded lineup. They've been one of the competitors for every year for a reason. And, yeah, they have, things haven't changed there. Yeah, um, and pretty impressive that they've got in a lot of fresh faces as well. So a pretty decent turnover for the Dockers and, and uh, their injection of talent has fared well. Uh, second talking point, Elise, Adelaide, the only un- other undefeated side after beating Melbourne, your side. I know you're a bit frustrated after that game, but the Crows looked really, really good. Yeah, as much as my poor Melbourne heart was hurting after that one, I've hats off to Adelaide. That's all I can say there. They were absolutely clinical. They know how to play that ground well. They they stopped Melbourne from playing their, their natural game, which as a, as a top side you have to do and you have to get the game on your terms, which... Adelaide were very much able to do from from the, uh, ball, ball one on Saturday. Absolutely, they were. Um, next, Gold Coast, obviously getting their back-to-back wins after they hadn't done so for a long time. Um, ever, know, ever <laughs> as far as I'm aware. I believe yeah, that's well, back-to-back back for sure, yeah. Um, but they hadn't won uh, just in general for, for a couple of years. So um, obviously our, our very own Peter Williams spoke to their coach uh, during the week, so keep an eye out for that. But what do you make of the Suns' big win? They they were brilliant. Well done, Gold Coast. Um, they they faced a bit of a challenge from Richmond in that third term, but the fact that they were able to run over the top of them in the end is is kudos to them. And watch out for t- for the partnership developing. I shouldn't say developing that is now showing between Tara Bahana and Sarah Perkins because that is going that's going to cause a lot of coaches headaches. They they have played together before, but the fact that they were able, they've been able to rekindle that and and show how much of a dangerous partnership that can be, yeah, exciting times for for Gold Coast and its fans. And we know that they sort of pride themselves on being able to compete. They want to be competitive and, and earn a bit of respect in the competition. And I think Geelong is another side which has done that. They had another close call, obviously a two-point loss to Brisbane, bit of a heartbreaker there, um, despite their best efforts to come back. All their losses have been by 14 points or under this year. So um, could have been a little, little different for Cats fans this year if some things had gone their way, right? Yeah, so so close again, Geelong. But we they might may have found their, their goal scoring, the solution to their goal scoring issues rather in Chloe Shear, who had a, a brilliant final term, kicked a couple of goals and almost won it off her own boot for them. So promising signs, I think. I think a win's just around the corner, but yeah, very, very frustrating for Geelong and all concerned. 
And just lastly, we'll touch on some of the COVID changes. Of course, we've had the Saints and Eagles game postponed to Tuesday. That one's at Trevor Barker Oval now. That means the Giants and Suns game is also postponed because of that. Um, Melbourne against the Suns, that's been moved to Saturday night and all the Sunday games are being shuffled around. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just sort of continues to have a... You know, those ramifications for the season, a lot of teams are being sort of um, mixed around and thrown all over the place. Yeah, certainly keeping us on our to- toes there, eh, COVID? Yeah, R- I mean, I'd rather you stop doing that, but yeah, yeah we've just got to run with it, I guess. That's and right. For, for the Bulldogs in particular, it's probably a good thing that their game got moved to Sunday mm. because otherwise they'd be coming off two four-day breaks, which... One four-day break is hard enough, let alone two in a row. So, yeah. Yeah, just, just ask Carlton. Um, <laughs> just got to keep keep um, running with the changes, I guess, and just keep us on our toes. Absolutely. Um, I'll uh, quickly ask you a little bit about the VFLW, of course, set to start in two weeks. I know one of your favourite competitions. Um, any news regarding the VFLW that you've got for us? Yes. Oh, so exciting. Hopefully only a couple of weeks away. And... We should get the fixture in the coming days, so stay tuned for that. But there were a number of practice matches over the weekend. All bar bar two of the sides got on the park. Unfortunately, due to the COVID issues that have been happening with uh, the Bulldogs, the Dogs-Geelong game got cancelled, but every other side got on the park on the weekend. Um, Unfortunately for Falks, Falks fans, it's looking like it might be another long year for them, uh, they were comfortably beaten by Carlton to the tune of 65 points to 8. They did look good in points, I've been told, but, yeah, unfortunately with a scoreline like that and only kicking your one goal in the last term, certainly a lot of things um, that for new coach Kate Tindall to think about. Um, the Southern Saints were able to beat Williamstown 28 to 9, which... Uh, um, little bit closer in that one, but mm. apparently a lot of good things to, to come out of that game for Williamstown. I haven't, I unfortunately haven't seen any reports out of the Saints yet. Um, I don't have a scoreline for this next one, but Collingwood um, would be, um, beat North. Um, I've been told by those in the North camp that they were competitive against against the Pies, but Pies were just able to run over the top, which we'd expect nothing less as the two-time Raining minor premiers. <laughs> Haven't been able to defend yet, have they? Yes. <laughs> COVID has certainly not been Collingwood's friend the last couple of years. Um, over at the hangar, it was Essendon who beat Casey to the tune, ironically to the t- same margin of the uh, Carlton Darabin score, 65 to 8. And uh, Casey had something like seven AFLW players on their list and they were still comfortably, comfortably beaten by the Bombers. And... For, for those Danny Marshall fans out there, you'll be pleased to know that she kicked a number of goals in her first game in the red and black. So promising signs signs for them and into the future. And finally, it was the Hawks who comfortably beat Port Melbourne 74-22, to which was quite the surprise considering how their respective seasons went last year. At this stage, there there's only been two... Two practice matches confirmed for this coming weekend. It's Casey up against Port and North are playing the Bulldogs, presuming the Bulldogs are able to get over all their COVID issues. 
Yeah, sounds like things are heating up in that competition over the next couple of weeks. Um, But the first women's state league competition to kick off is going to be the Sample Women's. And we'll take a look at that, previewing, of course, with our very own Peter Williams after we take a listen to an interview with one of SA's top prospects this year in Keely Kusterman from West Adelaide. Keely, uh, just give us a bit of a rundown into your footy journey, uh, where you got to now. Um, So my footy started back in under eights at Mitchell Park. I was always a netball and athletics, like into those two sports for my sisters. And then one day I just asked dad if I could play footy and he didn't really want me to, like he had said no to my older sister. And then we went out to Mitchell Park, which was his local club when he was growing up and the under eights boys team were a bit short on numbers. So he said, all right, you can, you know, have a go. And then was playing there for a couple of years. And then when I got older, wasn't allowed to play with the boys anymore. And went over to Goody Saints because they had girls teams. So played there for a few years. And then about four seasons ago, started training with the Westies league girls team and out, been out there ever since. I, I guess the first thing out of that is, um, did your sister get pretty filthy that you were allowed to play? Or uh, No, nah, she was quite into her netball. So she was playing a high level of netball. So she was all right, but yeah. actually, yeah, got her out to training this year. So finally, she's got a chance to play some footy. Yeah, perfect. And uh, obviously, the uh, been able to play the champs last year. What was that like for you, um, rising up to play with the older girls in that group? Um, yeah, it's quite good. Like, I like being able to play with the older girls. I learn, like, so much from them. And being the young one, I've always been, like, you know, been able to learn from them and them giving us me feedback. So... Yeah, it's good. And unfortunately, the end, that last game, copped an injury very early on. Yeah, so early in the first quarter in the last game, which was quite like hard and have to sit and watch. But it's all right. I still got to finish the Westies season playing the grand final. So got to come back to in that season. So it's all right. And what was it like sort of playing more time midfield for, for South Australia in that game? Um, it was like, um, at Westies at the defense, like that's what I've been learning. So it was like nice to learn a bit of a different role so I can like be a bit more versatile and it was cool, like learning from different coaches and like a different role, which was nice to, yeah. So like, I mean, you've obviously played like, yeah, mostly half back and then you sort of, I think you had a couple of games half forward, didn't you? Or or played Uh, further up the ground or wing? Um, sort of. At Westies, I had. Went into the midfield a little bit, but not too, not much. too much. It was mainly a defensive role yeah. at Westies. And then, yeah, obviously the inside mid more for South Australia. Is that where you sort of uh, see yourself sort of playing a bit more this year for, for Westies or um, do you still play half-back? I think I'll be going between them both, but definitely developing my midfield this year because it will just be nice to be able to learn both roles and be able to play in both positions. And uh, also uh, AFLW Academy now, what's that been like getting that invite? Yeah, that was exciting. It's great and like opportunity to learn so much and like see what it's like to be at the higher level and what it takes and yeah, all the people that will be able to learn from we good. Yeah, and with, you know, the new clubs coming in, obviously AFLW is something that's closer, like do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like does that sort of spur you on a bit more knowing that there's more opportunities too coming up? Yeah, it's definitely exciting, like that there's gonna be four extra teams, like a big like much more opportunity to like be able to play at that level which and like having port in another south australian team be exciting and just on your own personal game what do you sort of see as your strengths um my strength is probably running off like the half back line 
and be able to kick it into the forward. That'd probably be my strength. And what are you looking to improve on? Um, looking to improve my marking and probably ground balls. Like I feel like you, yeah, they're useful. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah, no. Um, and so obviously you came pretty close um, to a prem shoot this year. What do you need to do to take that extra step? Well, um, I reckon that just like working hard at training, like as a team and like we've got a good close bunch and that will hopefully get us over the line next year. Yeah, perfect. And what do you want to achieve uh, within the next 12 months? Um, as a team for Westies, definitely getting that step further and winning the premiership and individually hopefully getting drafted. Yeah, perfect. Well, that's pretty much it. Thanks Thank you. That was West Adelaide's Killy Kusterman speaking at the South Australian pre-season testing day. An AFLW Academy member, excuse me, she's one to keep an eye out for in this Sample W season. Uh, we'll now welcome back Peter to chat about the upcoming season there and a few of the matches in round one before diving into round three of the Nabali girls action. Um, I will run you through a few rule changes we have in the Sample W this year. Um, of course, down from 18, we're at 16 aside now and up to five on the bench, up from four. So a change in the structure, which we've seen over a few of the preseason uh, digs that the sides have had. They're now 20-minute flat quarters, which is an additional three minutes up from 17. They've got a new anti-density rule um, sort of remaining in play there. And then the development league is uh, being introduced. So good signs for the young girls coming through. If they don't play in the league side, they'll be able to get a game in each weekend. So Pete, uh, what does that mean? I guess you're the expert on, on this league. So yeah. um, what sort of changes are you expecting overall? Well, I've been lucky enough to sort of chat to all the coaches uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think they're generally happy with all, all the new additions. Uh, going down to 16 aside, they said it'll be really helpful for when the AFL women's players come back and also for the players that aspire to play at AFL women's level. Obviously, AFL women's been 16 aside. So uh, the challenge has been the fact that uh, you, you are losing a couple of players off the field. Um, they did push for a five on the bench. It was originally going to be just the four as they previously had it. But uh, the clubs actually were sort of keen to get that fifth, given that they would be, uh, you know, losing two off the field. Uh, so it's only one less player on the day. In terms of the 20-minute flat quarters, obviously that comes into play too when you've got less players to rotate. So uh, what they're finding in the trial matches is the fact that there's a lot of goals that are coming late in each of the quarters due to fatigue. So it means that there should be higher scores. And, and generally they're expecting the average scores to be around that five to six goal mark uh, up from that sort of three to four for the lower teams. Uh, and then the big wins could be quite a bit larger. Like they used to get to nine, 10 goals or more. Um, so they could well get a fair bit more than that. So uh, in, in terms of the development league, basically the only way that'll run is uh, it, the fact that it runs the same game on the day. So they'll play either prior or after the league game. It just means the coaches and all of the uh, the staff can get a bit of a look because uh, previously they started this competition so early there was nowhere the players actually got to go to. So they wouldn't even get to play local league or anything like that. So unfortunately it meant that there was no way of them proving their, their match day form, if you like. So they unfortunately had to kind of just do it at training and then they might pick them or things like that. Or if they're coming off an injury, trialing a new position, you had to kind of just put them in. So 
uh, yeah, coaches are all absolutely in favour of the development league. Uh, they think it's fantastic, and and from my perspective too, it's uh, outstanding because it means some of the players that perhaps weren't quite league level, um, but on the fringes, it, it means they can build some confidence. We can get a bit of a look at them uh, in advance, and then sort of work out where they might stand, particularly for the 15, 16 year olds that are just coming into the league, and they might not be ready made to to slot straight in, or they're at a good side, um, but there'll be ones to watch in the future. So definitely like the idea of that. Absolutely. Some really good structural changes there. We know, of course, um, having watched a lot of NAB League girls, the 20-minute quarters has made a difference really um, and really tested a lot of the girls uh, during the summer heat. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that comes to fruition uh, in season proper. And um, that leads us well into our round one preview. I'm going to read out the fixtures, Pete, and get your tips for each game. So first up, under Friday Night Lights at Cooper Stadium, Norwood coming up against Glenelg, that one at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, yeah, obviously the, the reigning premiers in action. Who's going to take this one out? Yeah, I think Glenelg will. Uh, they're sort of the, the benchmark team, really. There's no reason they haven't lost a great deal of talent over the offseason. I think that coming up against Norwood, who have lost some talent, they've brought a, brought a fair bit in. They're confident going into this game. Uh, and I think they will, you know, give them a good challenge. But I, I just feel that Glenelg based on what we know about them, uh, should be favourites for this game. So I'll probably go Glenelg uh, in this opening round match. That leaves us with three games on Saturday and the first of a doubleheader at Hisense Stadium is at 12.45pm. That's between West Adelaide and North Adelaide. Um, yeah, a couple of strong teams again. Who's coming out on top? Yeah, this will potentially be the match of the round. I feel that uh, you've got West coming off a grand final. Obviously, they'll be without Lauren Young, who did her ACL, uh, league best and fairest winner. And as we know, um, South Australia's sort of star player at the under-19 championships. Uh, North Adelaide, as strong as ever. Um, they've lost a, a few experienced players, but they're always going to be so good uh, under coach Chrissy Steen. Uh, I'll probably go with West just because they looked really good towards the back end of the season. And, and they've also picked up uh, Jess McAlino and Beatrice Devlin as well out of a West Coast program. So they've got quite a bit of talent coming into that uh, club already. Um, and yeah, they're, they're very, very excited about some of the young players that are coming through. Next up in between that uh, double header is Central District coming up against South Adelaide at X Convenience Oval at 1.20 p.m. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this will be a real interesting one. Uh, in years gone by, I don't think you'd ever tip against South Adelaide in this contest because South Adelaide have been one of the strongest sides, probably the strongest side over the entire journey since its inception. Central District made some real strides last year. Unfortunately, they've lost Caitlin Rosenwig to an ACL uh, at the start over the preseason, so she's going to be a, a key forward they'll be missing. In saying that, South Adelaide's going through a, a rebuild at the moment straight from so the coach's mouth there. Uh, Rick Watts is back at the helm in that regard and, and Ben Hunt as well for Central. So they've got two new coaches that are going to be leading the teams out for this contest. So it's going to be really exciting. One of them is going to get their first, well, not if Rick wins, it won't be his first win on the board. He's won a couple of flags, but his first win for this season since coming back. Um, and But I do think the Central District probably have the edge here um, just because I think they're more stable from last season, a few less changes. Um, but I think this might be a bit closer um, than some of the other games. So it'll be good to see how they both go. And rounding out the weekend's action, the Woodville West Torrens Eagles come up against Sturt, rounding out that high sense stadium doubleheader at 2.55 p.m. Who's going to get the chocolates, Pete? Yeah, and these, uh, again, two new coaches uh, coming in here. Narelle Smith coming into Woodville West 
Torrance Eagles. She's a development coach at the Adelaide Crows, and she's just stacked that Eagles lineup. So uh, I'm definitely probably going to lean towards her Eagles. Uh, they've got four AFLW players coming in uh, that have either recently retired or, or um, you know, are just on Adelaide Crows list. So it's uh, exciting to see them. Uh, Sturt are under Michael O'Connor now, so. They've been building for a while. They actually beat South Adelaide uh, on the weekend and, and performed very strongly as well uh, in the earlier contests. So um, I think they're going to be a lot better this season and they're looking to uh, put more scores on the board and, and really apply that pressure in the forward half. So uh, it is hard to say because they're both going to really, really improve. These were sort of the bottom two teams thereabouts last season. So, um, But I'll, I'll go with the Eagles for now, but I, I would not be shocked at all if Sturt won this. It's a very difficult game to, to tip. Pete, definitely probably going with the Eagles. Um, we are very much looking forward to the Sample W kicking off. But for now, we're going to turn our attention back to the Nabali girls for our round three tips. We'll run you through all of the fixtures one by one, including a triple header at Highgate Recreation Reserve on Sunday. But on Saturday, Eastern Rangers come back into the fold after their buy around. They're taking on the Sandringham Dragons at Kilsyth Recreation Reserve, that one at 11 a.m., um, Sandy coming off a big win, so you're going to take him or not? Sandy up against Easton. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be taking him in this game for sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, this was always going to be a pretty close game. I think they showed plenty on the weekend against Oakley. And whilst it doesn't mean they're going to, uh, just because they toppled Oakley, they'll win every week, I think I'm going to go with them in this game. It'll be interesting to see how Easton come off the bye, though. Absolutely. I'm going to take Sandy as well. Very impressive um, on the weekend they were. Down on the Apple Isle, Tasmania, yet another home game. They're taking on the Oakley Chargers, who lost their first game in just about forever. That one's at North Hobart Oval at 12pm. Are you off the Chargers or, or are you backing them to bounce back? No, no, I'll back them to stay on the charges there because I, I don't know whether you're hoping me to tip Tassie so you could do different because every week you've tipped someone differently in the Tassie game. So, But I will go the charges in this one. I, I think Tassie looked really good. We know this was a really tight game uh, last year, so uh, I think it will be again this year, but I think the charges will be uh, breathing a bit of fire and uh, hoping to come out and win this one. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I really like watching the Chargers, but I'm going to go with the home side who don't often lose in Tasmania. Just continuing our theme mm. there. Um, next up, rounding out Saturday's action, of course, the Western Jets take on the Northern Knights at Highgate Recreation Reserve before our triple header the next day. That one at 12 p.m. Um, yeah, obviously both sides looking for the first wins of the season. Yeah, I, I, and that's, that's the tough thing to try and work out. Uh, Jets came up against a red-hot Tassie, although I can't imagine a trip to Tassie is the ideal first round uh, kind of match when you've come off a long preseason. So um, I look, I'll probably lean towards the Knights based on the fact they've had the couple of games. But um, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if the Jets got up either. Yeah, I've been told very sternly not to tip the Knights again after their zero and two starts. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Jets um, out of pure fear. On Sunday, our Highgate Recreation Reserve triple header starts with Dandenong Stingrays taking on the Bendigo Pioneers. This game moved forward a little bit to 10.50 a.m. And Pete, probably the two in-form country regions so far this year. Yeah, no, no, that's fair to say, apart from obviously... Bendigo lost the first round, so they, they did win the second, though. Um, I, I think that, yeah, Danny Nong are uh, the team to beat at the end of the day. I think they're the team um, you've you've got to look to, uh, and it's, it's hard to look past them. Bendigo, I think, will give them uh, a fair shout in this one. I think they will push them, but Danny Nong just have that extra class. So uh, I think it'll be a very exciting match, though. So I'll go with Danny Nong.
I think we've both agreed we're not tipping against Dandy Nong. Yeah. Um, pretty much for the whole year. I don't think I've tipped against Dandy Nong in about three seasons. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nah, fair. Yeah, I know that well. Um, next up, Murray Bush Rangers taking on the GWV Rebels. Of course, another all-country clash, which all of this triple header is. Uh, that was at 12.55pm again, move forward about five minutes. I'm um, not sure why, but who are you taking in that one? Yeah, I think the extra five minutes will really benefit the Bush Rangers. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I think the Bush Rangers. I, I watched both of them in the doubleheader at Epson. Uh, and despite the loss, uh, realistically, take out the last minute, Bush Rangers win. And, and they were, for the most part, the better side. Um, Liz Dowling just put in a fantastic effort for the Falcons. So I, I do think the Bush Rangers will get up in this. GWV will want to be better than they were this round. And um, I think it's kind of hard to work out where they sort of sit at the moment. So if they can push them, then they're going to be good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Bush Rangers. I too will go with the Murray Bush Rangers in that one. And rounding out the six games this week, you know, the Geelong Falcons and Gippsland Power, that one at 3 o'clock p.m. at Rams Arena once again. Who are you backing? Yeah, look, I, I, it's hard to go back to the Falcons. They, they're coming off a win, uh, as we sort of alluded to just then. Dowling kicked five. They looked really strong. Um, they might be, I presume they'll probably be without Ash Van Loon at this stage. Um, but the power have been missing a couple of their talents. Obviously, Yasmin Dersma didn't play last game and Lily Rose Williamson's still been out. So they've missed a couple of their Vic Country Hub players and that certainly didn't help against Danny Nong. I think they'll be a lot more competitive against the Falcons. Um, it's going to be pretty hard and tough. We know the power love... Um, that hard and tough game. And I think it's going to be more of that than the running game that the Stingrays can imply because when they apply that, I think that's when uh, teams can get away from them. So I think this will be a closer game, but I will go the Falcons. Alrighty, I'll go with the Falcons as well. And of course, Pete and I will be out at uh, as many games as possible. That means four this weekend, at least between the two of us. Um, so if you see us, say hello. Don't be, uh, don't be shy. But that just about wraps up all of the content we have today on the Game Sense podcast brought to you by Rookie Me Central. Make sure you stay tuned uh, to our website and all our social media channels, of course, central.rookieme.com slash AFL and at Draft Central Oz across, excuse me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. We'll have uh, scouting notes, wraps, previews, anything you need for all of the leagues we've covered today. Of course, I'm going to thank my guests, Peter Williams and Elise Collette for joining me. And until next time, have a great one. Thank you.